0: Happy Labor Day long weekend to you. Who's enjoying the weekend so far? Excellent. Uh, big welcome to our online church family to you. If you're camping, that's fantastic. We bless you. And I uh, hope that you're enjoying, yeah, just these uh, kind of last few days. My, uh, I was talking with my mother-in-law and I, we were just talking about how nice it was yesterday and that, uh, you know, coming into September, you know, those days kind of, go all over the place. And so, I love what she said. She said, uh, you know, those nice days, we don't expect, but we welcome, right? It's not an, We kind of move into that. It's not an expectation, but it's a welcome, you know, surprise when we get those nice days. Anyway, how fast this summer just went by. Did it for anyone else? Big week this week. Kids are going back to school. Yeah. I was going to say, I mean, I mean mostly it's the parents that are excited about that. Uh, yeah, you're spot on. And uh, we got, uh, you know, we got college, uh, college students going back to school as well or going in for the first time. And so, yeah, just know we'll be praying for you and uh, I'll be praying for you. And, um, you know, as a church family, let's be praying for our kids as they're jumping back into school and routines again. And yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be awesome. It is going to be awesome. So we bless you and know that, yeah, we'll be praying for you. Okay, I have some sad news. Today, we are ending our Standing on the Promises, Seizing the Promises series. So the last one, I get to wrap it up. I'm excited about it. Um, Hey, but listen, as we... Go into this next season, even as you know Sandy mentioned, we're going to step into a, another series. Let's not be complacent uh, about what we learned and forget uh, what we learned this summer through our Standing on the Promises series. Right? There's you know thousands of promises we can only touch on a few of them here together. So my challenge to you, to me, uh, to all of us is that we would um, you know as a family alone like search out more promises, find more promises, get in the scriptures. Uh, search out, seek out more promises, and you know, take those steps, those action steps to align yourself, uh, align ourselves with the promises, and um, you know, in, in faith, trust, and obedience to God, see those activated in your lives. So don't just just because the, the series is over doesn't mean there's not more promises that we can we can take hold of, right? Amen. So uh, let's let's that's my challenge to us. Let's let's keep going in in finding those on our own. So anyway, all right. Here's where we're going today. I've got some observations I want to make. I'm going to talk about the promise for today. I've got some other things I want to share with you. And then I feel like I have a really great practical thing that we can walk away with today that uh, you can even start doing today, exercising today, to see the promise of peace kind of fulfilled and active and activated in your life. All right? All right, okay. Here we go. Every summer uh, for the last eight years... My family has traveled to the Okanagan in British Columbia. So if I'm moving forward, I say BC, I mean British Columbia, just in case some people are here, they, you know, are watching online, they might not know that's our neighboring province. But. So we, we go to Kelowna, my parents are there, we vacation there for about a week. And uh, one of my all-time favorite parts of, of going out on this trip is the drive. I love the drive. I love driving through the mountains, I love, uh, I love seeing the mountains. I love, uh, we've been, in, we've had some drives where it's like the sun's coming up over the mountain and just like, you know, it's starting to rain a little bit and you kind of just, it's just, it's beautiful. I love it. And if any one of you have driven to BC uh, on the number one, you know that, uh, you know, there's, you come to places where, you know, we've got, uh, One lane of traffic, kind of two lanes of traffic in some places, but then in other places that splits off to go into, um, you know, a passing lane, right? And you'll always know there's an Albertan behind you for two reasons. Number one, obviously, uh, they don't have the front license plate. But for the second reason is that the Albertan drivers seem to always be about a foot from your bumper. And you're like you're already going maybe like five or, or ten kilometers over the speed limit, right? It's the, the the spirit spirit of the law, not the rule of the law. Um, but so you know you're you're driving. As soon as you come to one of those passing lanes, uh, I mean it's like NASCAR. It's just whoosh, going like people. Uh, you know, has anyone else experienced this? Like weaving in and out of traffic, passing. It's it's intense. And you know, you're you're driving. You're, you're looking. You're like, oh, that guy's from Alberta. That guy's from Alberta. There goes Pastor Sandy. Yeah. I'm sorry to pick on you, I, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I love you and I, I, I'm gonna pick on you again but just know that I love you and uh, I, I know. You know I have a really funny story about uh, Sandy uh, but I can't share it today. I have to ask him for permission first but. Um, no, I can't do it. We might all get fired. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, Okay, why do I share this? I share the story, um, you know, Albertans (laughs) driving through the mountains. Uh, Something, one thing else I've noticed in British Columbia is just the pace of life is just—it seems slower. I enjoy it. That's why I I like going there. It's just ah, there's rest. It's restful, but it reveals something to me, at least to me anyway, about our culture here in Alberta. And um, I would say a high percentage of people um, here in this, in this province, maybe even in this church. I don't think any of you here, but maybe some of you here. Um, but we, this culture in Alberta is, is fast, frantic, and it's furious. It's fast, frantic, and it's furious. And consequently, because of this, I feel like Um, There is, uh, because of our pace of life, right, when we're confronted with trials or circumstances, storms, um, I'm going to use those words interchangeably throughout this message, so just know that that's what I'm talking about if I say trial, storm, whatever you want to call it, right? When we face these things, you know, we don't actually slow down long enough to bring the situation to the Lord in prayer because of the pace of life that we're living, and so we can't figure out why we have no peace, so as followers of Jesus, I want to ask this question. Like, are, is this the lifestyle that God's actually called us to live in? Is this, is this actually, this pace of life, is that what Jesus wants for us? Is that his best for us? I'd like to say that it is not Jesus' intention for us to live in this way. And so this is where the promise comes in today that I want to unpack for us. And it's the promise of peace Okay, And this actually stands in complete opposition to the fast, the frantic, and the furious type of lifestyle that we see happening here in Alberta. Maybe, some, again, some of you live this way. And so my goal today, I want to I show you how we can actually grab hold of this promise and we can um, see peace revealed in our situation, experience peace in a situation, but also prepare ourselves ahead of time should a circumstance or trial come our way that we can stay in peace, Okay? All right. depending on your Bible translation that you use, there's anywhere up to like 400 references of peace in the Bible. And so, obviously I don't have time to go through all of those today, but there are a few we're going to talk about. But I felt like, you know, for our guiding passage today, you're probably all familiar with it. And uh, this is going to guide us today, and it's uh, Paul's letter to the church at Philippi. And it's Philippians 4, so you can go ahead and turn there now. Philippians chapter four, it's in the New Testament. The words will also be up on the screen, but again, just want to encourage you to bring, bring your Bibles to church. It's a good thing. Let's read this together, and I think we're gonna jump in at verse, uh, so four, uh, chapter four, jump in at verse four. It says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice Let your gentleness, not your NASCAR driving, be known to all men. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Let's read this line together. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Here it is. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. There you go. We can go home now. I'm just kidding. Yeah, you're like, yeah, some people are like, oh sweet, it's lunch. No, I just feel like this, this is, is such a powerful message. It just speaks so much. Uh, but of course, I want to unpack that for us today. So you got to listen. Um, all right. You know, like so many of the truths that we have in Scripture... We seem to have a worldly perspective, and then also a biblical perspective of a truth. Okay, it's the same thing for peace. And so, I would say that according to the world, uh, just really in short, you know, peace is everything existing in harmony and tranquility, and it's 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 just whatever whatever can be done around me so that I can experience just like freedom and it's absence absent of conflict. Okay. Does that make sense? It's really, uh, it's about, it's more about the ex- what's happening around you, the external, okay? It's like, okay, what can I do to relieve uh, the pressure that, that I'm experiencing? That's kind of the world's kind of perspective. They're not wrong. It's not wrong. It's not a wrong perspective, but I think there's, there's more, and we'll see that uh, when we look at the, the biblical um, perspective of the word peace, and so peace in the Hebrew leg- languages, does anyone know? Shalom right? How many of you heard of shalom before? Yeah. And so shalom is a powerful word, and we're going to talk about this word a little bit later in the message. But shalom means completeness, soundness, welfare, peace. And it comes from the root verb uh, shalom, which means to be complete, perfect, and to be full. And so Shalom, biblical peace, it's more than the absence of war and conflict, uh, though it includes that. Shalom is about kind of the internal wholeness, the completeness, and the total well-being of the human soul, which is actually brought on and perfected by God in Christ Jesus. And so, peace is more of an internal, it's more of an internal reality than it is externally. Though, when you experience the peace uh, within, it does affect the atmosphere and the external forces uh, around you. And this is all established because of Jesus. Because he is perfect peace. And we're going to talk about that right now. So if you want to turn to Isaiah 6, you can, but it will be up on the screen. But we're going to come back to Philippians. So, by the way, in Isaiah 6, or sorry, Isaiah 9 at verse 6, this is a passage we generally use at Christmas time, just want to remind you, 16 weeks away, and um, I, I got in trouble yesterday from my wife, because uh, she said you can't even talk about Christmas until everything has been harvested from the garden, so I apologize, but I'm just sharing facts. Yeah. All right, so here's, here's what Isaiah says, he's talking about Jesus, he says, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father. Here's our word, Prince of Peace. And of the increase of his government and peace, this is verse 7. His government and peace, there will be no end. Let's go. This is, this is Jesus. And so I would like to, to suggest to you that peace is so, so much, so integrated into Jesus's Uh, nature and and character that we can confidently say that, yeah, Jesus is peace. He is the Prince of Peace. And so where Jesus is, peace is present. Okay? All right. One One more passage here in John. This is Jesus talking to his disciples. John 14. He says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. This is just so profound. My peace I give to you. My peace I give to you. So if peace is so much a part of Jesus' nature and character, and, and he's a person, he, he would have to give himself, he would have to be available to everyone and accessible to everyone at all times. How does he do that? Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. You're right, absolutely, Holy Spirit. And if you're like, ah, this doesn't really make sense to me, go back to July 30th. I preached a message on the Holy Spirit and, and Jesus, the promise of the Holy Spirit and how Jesus is present by the Holy Spirit. So as followers of Jesus then, we have access to the shalom peace of God because Jesus has made his life and character available to work in us and through us by the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. Okay. So that wholeness, that that completeness, the total well-being, the peace that my soul, that your soul, humanity's soul is longing for can only be received, perfected and refined in a relationship with Jesus. Everything else maybe you know, we try to look for other things to, to bring peace. It can be any, whatever it is, right? Whatever the world has to offer or even other religions offer for peace, that peace may help for a little bit, but it's a fleeting peace because the only true and lasting peace can be found in Jesus because he is peace. You good? Okay. So in May... Um, most of you know this. Many of you know this. Some of you might not know this. But I went, I had a pretty major operation. Uh, I had my hip replaced. And uh, some of you are like, wait, like, how old are you? I'm like, yeah, I know. Come talk to me after. We can we can discuss how, how we got to that point. But anyway, this whole process was, the process, when I look back, was absolutely amazing. And um, I remember when I met my surgeon, you know, he he met him for the first time he walked into the office uh or the little waiting area sorry that where you're in your room and uh he walks in and he goes so you're a pastor and I'm like oh this is either gonna be really good or uh really bad and he goes I'm a fellow Jesus lover myself and turns out this guy's like a spirit-filled, like on fire for Jesus wants to preach the gospel surgeon he's just like I got i I'm fixing a, a few hips in the meantime right and uh you know, we talked about Jesus for like forty five minutes, finally he's like, Oh man, we should actually like check out your hip. I was <laughs> like, Yeah, people are probably waiting. Um, so anyway, checks me out. Yep, you need you need a hip replacement. That's that's all that's that's how it's gonna alleviate what's going on in your body and so you know, obviously pressing in for prayer. So leading up to surgery date, um, which by the way was given like a year and a half and this was last October, so was that October November It's like six months. I was like, You're in. So um, again, seeing God's hand in that. And um, so leading up to that, right, I'm in, I'm in prayer. There, there is such uh, peace over the situation. I have my community praying for me, staff, we, they were praying for me as I was you know, going into the day. And so surgery day arrives and go into, it's crazy. It's, it's like a day, it's a day surgery. You go in, they do surgery. They make sure that you can do your uh, kind of physio exercises. And uh, they say you're walking out of there. I got wheeled out of there. And uh, all, all I remember was uh, we'd pass a, a pregnant couple. I'm like, yeah, you got this. I was like, well, you know, cause like you're, you're medicated. I. So I'm in the operating room uh, waiting area. And again, just like praying. And I'm actually just, my prayer is like, Jesus, you can, you can still do this supernaturally. And uh, I want to talk about this another time, but I, I just remember praying, like, you know, right up until that table, God, you, you know, you could open up and it could be fixed. I've heard testimonies of that happening, you know, people <laughs> going to look for tumors and they're gone, right? And um, so, you know, I, I had peace and uh, I was excited. Actually, I actually was excited because, yeah, I don't know, I've never been through a major surgery before, and uh, I actually didn't know what to experience, but uh, it, it was excitement and peace. And of course, there's the little part of you that's like, oh, what's going to happen? So anyway, I'm in the uh, operating room. Never been in an operating room before. Crazy, all kinds of stuff in there. If you've ever had surgery, you know. Uh, really cold as well. I don't know why, but anyway. Um, and, you know, I'm having a conversation with the anesthesiologist because they're going to give you, uh, you know, something to help you go to sleep, and. Um, you know, we're having this conversation. You know, hey, what do you do? And I said, hey, well, you know, I'm a pastor. I love Jesus, and I love people, and I love working with people, and uh, and speaking and encouraging them. He's like, man, that's really great. And he shared about his kids, and then I, that was it. I was all of a sudden, I like woke up, and the nurse is there, and I was like, it, it's done, right? And um, you know, a few, a couple hours later, the surgeon came came to see me after, and um, he just shared, you know, everything went really great. This was, uh, it was, a, it was a great surgery, um, you're gonna be gr- it's gonna be life-changing for you. And then he goes, but I wanna share one other thing with you. And I was like, what's that? And he's like, so during surgery, on multiple occasions, the attending nurse and the anesthesiologist both said, multiple times, this is the most peaceful guy we have ever seen. And some of you be like, well, that's because he was medicated. Well, that could be part of, part of it. But I think they see a lot of guy, people that they do. But they're like, man, this is the most peaceful guy we have ever seen. And the surgeon's like, I know why. I know why. Right? And he's got to be careful. So those are those couple things he can do. I know why. <laughs> Amazing. So I share this story because I want to encourage you that it actually is possible to be so filled with God's peace. That not only are you immovable and unshakable when you're faced with trials, storms, circumstances, whatever it is. But you're also so filled with peace that you can impart peace into the situation that you're in, and that peace actually also gets imparted to other people, and they can experience it, like happened in in the OR. All right. Let's go back to our passage in Philippians. Verse six, it says... Be anxious for nothing. I love the AMP translation. It says, do not be anxious or worried about anything. Throw that in there. But then my all-time favorite is the NLT translation, which as we walk away today, keep this in your mind because it rhymes. I love it. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Right? We're about to step into like a crazy season that can be fast, furious, right? Frantic. Man, let's not come under that. Instead, let's not worry about anything and pray about everything. It's a pretty clear command here. It's not really a suggestion. But I feel like it falls more into the suggestion than it does the command. And I would like to say that you know, when, when faced with challenges, how many of us can actually say that our first response is prayer? Like, like Paul says, right? Pray about everything. Is our response actually prayer, or are we so frantic that that's like the last thing we think of? Because anxiety is the exact opposite of peace. It's, it's stand, you can't have anxiety and peace at the same time. You just can't. They stand in opposition, And in most cases, I understand that there's exceptions. Like anxiety really is just, you know, you're feeling the external pressure, stress, uh, adversity, oppression around you due to various reasons. Jesus calls these tribulation. In John 16, 33, I'll read it for you quick. He's talking to the disciples, talking to you and I. You know, these things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have, here's our word, peace. In me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Praise Jesus, yes. So should we be faced with a storm, or a trial, whatever it is, You know, what I find consistently emphasized in the scriptures is what's our response going to be, and in whom or what am I going to put my trust in to guide me through the the circumstance? That's very clear in scripture. Okay, who, you know, what are you going to do? What's your response? Who are you going to trust in? And I feel like, you know, many times we actually don't experience peace. When we're confronted with adversities, because we, we have failed to discern the source behind the trial. And because we have failed to discern the source, if we are praying, prayer is ineffective. And if we, we don't pray, it's like, well, I don't even know what to pray because I haven't identified the source behind it. And so, here's what I want to do. If, if Paul's command here is to be anxious for nothing and instead pray about everything, I actually believe that with the help of the Holy Spirit and with the help of community, we can identify the source behind the trial and therefore pray more effectively into what's happening. Okay? And so if you're, you know, as we're going through this and you're asking, how do we discern again? Remember two things, Holy Spirit, community. And often it's Holy Spirit in community because God will speak to us, uh, through other followers of Jesus, and that's why we need to surround ourselves with, uh, with community, with, with people that love Jesus. It doesn't matter maturity level. God can speak. He can really speak through anyone, but we have the, the privilege to, to gather together and to encourage one another uh, in community, so remember those. Also, as we go through these, um, I'm going to go through five um, sources kind of behind trials, and again, this is just kind of my opinion, there could be more, and you may disagree or you may agree. That's all good. But just remember that when I mention these, you know, when I talk about how we're gonna pray into these, um, that remember that it's about positioning ourselves to receive peace. It doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, as soon as I I, I pray, you know, and sometimes it can happen, of course God can, but a lot of times we actually have to continue to walk some things out in that storm, Uh, before it passes, or before we get through that circumstance. Does that make sense? Okay, let's go through these really quickly. Number one, the spiritual realm. There is a demonic kingdom that is led by Satan, and his highest priority is to destroy the lives of humanity. Not just Christians, to destroy humanity. And so, You know we sang it earlier, right? Jesus has already won the battle. He has won, and He has given us authority. He's given us His authority, and so we can take that authority and we can rebuke the enemy in Jesus' name when we discern that it is a there is a spiritual element behind uh, the circumstance we're facing. Okay, we actually see that in Mark uh, Mark four when Jesus uh, and the disciples are going across the lake. And uh, there's that storm that they're confronted with because on the other side is when um, they encounter the demoniac in the, uh, in the tombs, right? And so, it's interesting about, about, what's interesting about that too is that, you know, Jesus, because he is peace, he is the prince of peace, you know, he was, he was sleeping in the boat, right? You remember that? You can read that later, Mark 4. And because he is peace, he could get up and impart his peace into the situation, right? What did he say? Peace be still. Poof. Okay? Okay. So, it can be of a spiritual nature. Another source of uh, trials that we can face is sin. It's either your own destructive sin or it's sin against you. So, some of the the storms, some of the circumstances we're facing is actually because of sin. And so, as a follower of Jesus, when we pray, we need to exercise forgiveness. Right? It's either going to the Lord to ask for his forgiveness. Right, uh, His blood cleanses con- our conscience from, from dead works, so that we can serve the living God. Um, or we need to bring the person that had sinned against us to the Lord. Now, in doing that and offering forgiveness, obviously there's still things that have to be worked through. But you, you're taking that step to release those people to Jesus for his righteous judgment to come. Now, when, another thing is when we, when we bring our sin, the Bible says in James 5.16, to confess our sins, confess our trespasses to one another that we may be healed. And so often we gotta bring it into the light. We gotta bring that into the light, right? We have to bring sin into the light. And that's where you find a trusted uh, follower of Jesus who's under the cross, who won't judge you. I don't think anyone here would judge you. But that you can say, hey, you know, I messed up. And the Bible says that their prayer can actually bring you healing. So, sin. Number three, another source of trials. I feel like this is kind of a big one. Self-inflicted. It's a self-inflicted trial that you're facing. I believe that with the self-inflicted source, I'll explain what I mean by that, is that the self-inflicted is our poor stewardship of time, um, finances, energy, whatever it is. We, we haven't stewarded that well. And so, you know, we're facing a trial. Like if you're swimming in, in debt because you have to buy the, the latest, biggest trailer and then upgrade your truck to tow that, plus all the toys that go along with that, And you can't figure out why there's no peace in your home or in your relationships, especially if you're married with your wife, you're always fighting over finances or something. It could be because you've been a poor steward of what God has given you, and and it's a self-inflicted trial. And so when that happens, what we're gonna do, we're gonna go to Jesus, and we're gonna repent. We just repent. In prayer, we just repent. Lord, this is... This was wrong. I'm going to change what I'm doing. I'm going to head this way now, and ask the Lord to renew your mind. Renew your mind and, and renew, it. and to also to seek help. Like there's help available. Like that's you know there's people here that, especially when it comes to finances, man, there's people here that can help you, and, and to help you to budget and to and to get out of those circumstances. So some of these are you know they're self inflicted. Another thing that if this is a you know if this is a reason behind the trial. Um, We might have to actually learn to say this very important two-letter word. No. 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 Hunting season is coming. And, man, there's a new rangefinder scope. That man puts a laser on that animal, and then it gets sniped from a satellite out of space. I have to have that. It just takes away... I don't even have to have a gun. I have this thing. I actually don't know if this exists, but just please hear me out. Um, this season, I must say no to this new toy. I have to say no to this. But maybe throughout this year, I could set some money away and then I can buy it next year. Or I might have to say, oh, sweetheart, man, I, I know you love this activity, but no, not this year. We got, we, we got some things we gotta, we gotta figure out and sort out, but, but sweetheart, I, I promise we'll, we'll address it Next year, maybe, maybe it's something you can do next year. We have to learn to say no to some things. And don't get me wrong, there's things that you can, you can have that are amazing if you can you know, afford them and, and you can uh, you know, purchase them without experiencing chaos in your home. Uh, and I obviously do that. But for a lot of us, some of these things are, are self-inflicted reasons behind the trial. And so let's repent and get help. You okay? All right. Number four. Sometimes it's just a season. Sometimes we're, uh, you know, we're, we're actually in a season and, and the storm we're experiencing is seasonal. So Nate and I, we were talking about this earlier this week and sometimes some, the things that we face, the trials we face are either a season of correcting or a season of perfecting. Any parents of small kids in here today? You might be in a season of perfecting, right? And your highest priority in the season is actually giving your attention to your kids to train them and to raise them and to instruct them in the things of the Lord. But the problem is sometimes we're like, man, I remember when I was a young adult. I, I remember when, man, I could stay up and party and we could go to... McDonald's at 12 a.m. And, and you're trying to live that with your kids and you can't figure out why they're so tired and why your home's a mess because they're crying all the time. They won't sleep. They, they don't know. And you're, you're trying to live in last year's season but you haven't embraced the season that you're in. Right? And it can be the opposite too, right? You could be, you know, you could have your family and you're looking to another family that has teenagers and you're like, why aren't my kids sleeping until 10? Th- those guys, their kids are sleeping into 10. And then so now you're comparing yourself to someone is season and not embracing the season that you're in. And so sometimes the trials we face is because we're not embracing the season that we're in. And God's like, hey, I'm actually calling you to perfect you in the season that you're in. And once you embrace the season you're in, you actually begin to see peace flow back into your household. That's just one example. So how do we pray into that? Thankfulness. Honestly, just gratitude. God, just thank you. Thank you that I get to be a a parent. I'm gonna just call on our young families, right? God, thank you that I get to be a parent. They're your kids anyway. God, thank you that I get to walk alongside them and train them and raise them up in the way they should go the best that I can, God. They're such a gift. Thank you, God, God. Thank you that uh, I got four hours of sleep instead of two hours last night. God, thank you, right? <laughs> Thanking God just for the little things, right? And, uh, and also we can move into prayers of like guidance, like using the scripture to, to guide us. Lord, guide me. you know, bring someone into my life that can, can help, you know, give me input into how, how I can raise my kids, surround me with those people. Guide me, train me, teach me, God. Some trials are just a season. And finally, number five, uh, some of the storms, trials we face are just unexplainable. I know I deviated from, from my S's, but I couldn't I find one that was unexplainable. That was appropriate. Um, sometimes the sources of the trials that, that we encounter are just, they're unexplainable, right? We, we are living in a fallen, broken world that is waiting to the completion and restoration of all things in Jesus' second return. And sometimes... We just, we don't know. I don't know. I don't know why this happened. It might not be sin. It might not be self-inflicted. It might not be a season. We just, we can't, we can't explain it. And that happens too, right? And so how do we pray in these circumstances? I would suggest you just pray scripture. Just read the Psalms, pray it back to the Lord. And if that's too hard, then worship. Worship, which is basically just prayers to songs, right? Worship, just position yourself to receive God's peace through Worship. I hope this is helpful. Is that kind of helpful? Yes. Alright, back to our passage again. Be anxious for nothing. Pray about everything. And then what's the promise? Verse 7. And the peace of God will sur- that surpasses all understanding will guard your heart and minds through Christ Jesus Isn't that amazing, again, that you could be, again, so full of God's peace that it actually guards your heart, guards your mind for the next trial that comes your way so that you can stand and be immovable. That's amazing. And so my prayer for us as we enter into kind of the fall season is to not come under the fast, the frantic, and the furious, but to come under peace, to come under Jesus' peace. To be so full of his peace that we will be unshakable and immovable and we can impart peace into our situation and, and that affects others and they'll know it. So how are we going to do this? I'm so glad you asked and I'm going to answer that. I'm a huge fan of acronyms and so here's what we're going to do. And this can be if you're facing a circumstance or trial now or in preparation potentially should they come a circumstance or trial in the future. So here's what we're going to do. When, when, we're, when we're facing, preparing, whatever it is, we're gonna slow down, okay? And we're gonna pray, but we're gonna stand on our mat of peace, okay? We're gonna stand on our mat of peace. So, as you can see, stand is going to be our acronym. So if you wanna write it down, you can write this down. S is surrender. Right, we're gonna surrender the circumstance, we're going to surrender the situation, surrender your family, your job, your finances, whatever it is, the first thing you need to do is surrender that thing to Jesus. I love Galatians 2.20, it says, I've been crucified with Christ, it's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me, and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I love this passage because it's talking about lordship. It's talking about lordship, being under the lordship of Jesus. And because, you know, we're staying with uh, the storms kind of analogy, right? I picture it this way. If, if you're standing over here in a circumstance, and you're like, I'm going to do it on my own. I'm going to use my own resources. I'm going to um, do uh, whatever it is. To, to try and fill that void of peace in my soul in this circumstance. If you choose to that, it's like standing, you know, he, he, standing in a torrential rain without an umbrella. You're just going to get soaked, you're going to be grumpy, and it's going to suck. But if you surrender and you bring that, bring that situation to Jesus, you actually step out of, of what you can do and everything else that tries to fill peace, and you step under the lordship of Jesus, under his umbrella And he holds the umbrella. And friends, i got to tell you, there is no place, other place that you want to be. You want to be under the lordship of Jesus as you go through a circumstance or trial. So surrendering brings you under the lordship of Jesus. Okay, T, Thanksgiving. Give thanks for what God has done and what he's about to do. You know, Matt talked about that earlier today, Right? Uh, in worship, Psalm 104, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. So one of the quickest ways into the presence of God for you to experience peace, because right where where the presence of God is, where Jesus is, peace is present. One of the quickest ways to do that is thanksgiving. It's actually to turn your turn the, to God just thank you so much for whatever, whatever it is. Okay. So A, we're going to announce, announce, and what we're going to do act here is actually declare the shalom peace of God over the situation. And so I told you earlier that uh, the word shalom had kind of special meaning. It had, there's power to the word. And so I'm going to kind of unpack this for us right here. And um, I actually first heard this from a speaker several years ago at a conference. And I'm sure there might be some of you that are here today that were at that conference. It was in Edmonton several years ago now. Uh, and the speaker's name, his name was Paul. And uh, this is kind of what Paul said. He, he, he kind of unpacked this this word for us. And actually at the end of the, the message, I went up to him. I said, hey man, can you write this in my journal? And he did. And I found that journal. So I was able to like, oh yeah, I remember this. Thank you. And so here's what he said. Words, words over time, sometimes they change in their meaning. And so for example, the English word awful, originally meant inspire to awe, or inspire to great awe. And so Sandy, you're offering words today, they were awful. (laughs) They inspire, right? You laugh, right? Because like it meant to inspire to great awe, its original meaning, but we know it now as like you know awful is like Folger 's coffee in the morning right it 's terrible it tastes awful it 's just gross thick coffee right it 's awful and so it 's kind of the same it 's the same thing with the meaning of the word shalom so in ancient Hebrew, the word shalom was four letter word, and each of those symbols in that word um, it meant something it meant something larger than than just the word shalom and so here 's what it meant number one it was it was a picture of of teeth, and it means to destroy, destroy. Chant, right? You picture teeth, like you're just destroy. Uh, the second symbol is a, a symbol of a shepherd's hook, a shepherd's rod, and uh, it means authority. And then there was a picture uh, of a nail in that in the in the word shalom it was a nail, which meant uh, to uh, to nail or to peg, and in this this context, it means uh, to attach. And then finally, it was, it was kind of, again, some bigger waves and, and uh, kind of a loop at the end. And um, in ancient Hebrew, they, they used that because when they looked at the, the water, the waves in the ocean, um, it, all they could see was like, you know, it was mighty, um, it was water, it was chaos. And so, in ancient Hebrew, when you said the word shalom, you ready for this? You were actually declaring, based on what that meaning is, is, meaning was, is you're declaring to destroy the authority attached to chaos. Isn't that awesome? So good. So when you say the word shalom and you're declaring that word shalom into your situation, it's literally to destroy the authority that's attached to chaos. So anyway, I just thought that was kind of cool. Thank you, Paul, for that. And um, yeah, so good. Where are we? S-E-A-N. We're gonna nourish. We gotta nourish our souls with God's word, God's truth. You know, some of us aren't experiencing peace because we're believing a lie because we don't know what God says because we're not engaging into the scriptures. Guys, God's word, his scriptures, it's his love letter to you and it's so full and rich of instruction. Look at Psalm 119, 165. It says, those who love your instructions have what? Great peace, and they do not stumble they do not stumble god's word knowing the truth there's peace there's peace in it d we're going to devote ourselves devote yourselves to community colossians 3:14 to 16 says but above all things put on love which is the bond of perfection, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. It's beautiful, beautiful expression of what happens in community, and not only that, but when you're, when you're in community, you have someone else to Call up and be like, hey, can you can you pray into this? Can you pray for us for this situation? Pray, can you discern with us what could be the source of of the trial and how we can effectively pray into that? And so if you're not in community with other followers of Jesus, you're again like you're limiting yourself. You're limiting how much you, you can grow. You will grow stagnant, actually. So be in community, be connected to community where you can grow spiritually, physically, emotionally connect with one another, and then, you know, reach those that don't yet know Jesus. All right, stand. We're going to stand on our mat of peace, amen? amen? One more story, just to kind of bring this all together, if I can have a few more minutes, and, uh, and then we'll close. Okay, in 2020, right, it was the, uh, the pandemic year. That kind of started, and uh, we know right in, in March, it's like they clo- everything was, the schools were closed down first. That was kind of the, the first main thing. And, and uh, I was in my second, or uh, I can't remember which semester I was. I was in a semester of school in that year, Bible school, doing it online. And my wife, Janelle, was working for a busing company. And uh, obviously, you know, when the uh, schools were, were closed, there was no need for buses to run. And I, I remember the day she, she came home and she's like, hey, hey honey, uh, I just got to tell you, like, I got laid off. There's, uh, there's no need for busing anymore because uh, schools are shut down. And it's like, oh, oh, man. And so in any trial, circumstance, or storm, two, things you're, you're, two paths you're confronted with. Number one, you can take on fear. And if you take on fear, that just produces something in you that is fearful. And all you're going to speak around you is fear. And so that goes into your home and your mind. And so you're confronted with fear, but then you're also confronted with peace. And if you do these things we've talked about today, to stand, you're actually just preparing yourself, like the Bible says, to guard your heart and mind should you be faced with one of those, or should you be faced with a trial, right? So fear or peace, I chose peace. And so, what I did was, you know, I closed my keyboard. I got up, I went upstairs into my my bedroom in my closet. That's where I I like to go to spend time with Jesus. It's just quiet. Nobody can hear you singing because the clothes are all there and they absorb sound. Anyway, um, I got on my knees and I just, number one, S, I surrendered to this situation to Jesus. Jesus, I just give you this. Lord, this, this sucks. This is a new thing. We don't know actually what's going on. But even that, Lord, we surrender to you. And God, I'm just giving this to you and I trust you. S. Thank you, God. T, thank you. God, just thank you. Thank you, you're our provider. You provided for us up until this point. I know you called me into this and, and I took that step of obedience to step into this. Thank you, God, that you've been faithful to us and that you will be faithful to provide in the future. Thank you. A, announce, God, I just declare the shalom peace of God over this situation. God, over job, thank you that you're gonna find a new job. You're gonna present something. God, I just receive your peace in this situation. And that's gonna go out into my family, Lord God. We're not gonna be shaken by this. Thank you, God. We just, again, we declare shalom, peace of God. And then, of course, with my wife, we prayed. We read scripture together, right? And nourishing our soul. But nourishing is ongoing. It's not just in the moment. And then D, devoted to community, right? We called up our community and we're like, hey, guys, we really need you to pray for us in this situation, we, you know, we don't have work. Lots of people are, are experiencing this, but we could really just use your prayers, and um, thank, you. thank you that you're there to support us, and we can count on you for that. So about a week later, um, my wife had since then sent out some applications to various places, and uh, she got a call from Superstore, and um, they said, hey, we got a position available for you. It's, uh, it's a night shift stocking shelves. And so she told me this. We're together. I'm like, oh, a night shift. Man, Like we've, that's, nobody's ever worked nights in, in our family. I was like, that that could be kind of hard. Kids are still going to school. You'd be leaving, like gone all night, sleeping kind of in the day. Like, oh, this, this ah, it'd be hard. But we both had a peace that we were to say yes to this opportunity. I believed it was from, from the Lord. And um, so she called them back. She's like, hey, yeah, I'll do it. And They're like, great, come on Friday, and uh, we'll do training with you. And so when she went on Friday, she walks in, and uh, the uh, hiring manager was there and came up to her, and she just said, hey, uh, just so you know, know, we've had a substantial increase in our online orders, and uh, we're really short-staffed in the click and collect uh, area of, of picking groceries. Would you be interested in doing that? And uh, because we're kind of short staffed at the moment, like you can pick whatever hours you want and forever for how long you want. And we're like, Are you? And she's like, Yeah, absolutely, we're going to do that. And so I share that because, like, man, we, we said yes to something that was going to be potentially difficult. And then on Friday, it was like a kiss from the Lord. He's like, You're going to, you say yes. Here, I'm going to actually give you something better. <laughs> how amazing is Jesus? So good. So we can actually get to that place. I'm telling you, I I promise you. It is a promise from the Lord of his peace. You can get into a, a place where you are immovable, unshakable when faced with trials in your life. Because you're so full of God's peace. you prepared yourself, your heart and your mind. It's guarded in Christ Jesus by his peace. You can get to that place and then be so full of peace that you impart it into your situation. And it's experienced by the people that are around you. And they'll know it. They'll feel it. But the one thing that we have to do, right? What are we going to do? We're going to stand. So in this season, in this next week, today even, when you go home, what are you going to do? Choose to stand. Choose to stand on your mat of peace. And exercise those things that I, I talked about today. Okay, let's close. It's Sunday. It's a long weekend. Thank you so much for... Just giving your attention. Why don't you stand? Let's let this season be different. This next month, two months. Let's not come under the fast, the frantic, and the furious culture of Alberta. Let's set the kingdom culture and be a people that are walking in great, great peace. That changes atmospheres and positions you to be in that place of peace, okay? Let peace rule in your heart, rule in your families. And I'm sure, you know, as we were talking about uh, discerning sources, you know, you might be facing something right now and you're like, oh man, I actually never even thought about um, asking Holy Spirit what, what the source is, right? Did I, you know, did I open a door to the spiritual realm? Uh, did I, you know, is it is this my fault? Like, as you go, take a moment to ask the Holy Spirit and get some people around you, some some believers to just help you discern that and uh, and, and pray with you. And then maybe for some of you are like, oh yeah, I was just about to buy or you, maybe you did buy something and you're like, hmm, maybe I should take that back. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna say no in this season and uh, not bring a self-inflicted storm into my life. And so that's simple, just going to Jesus. I'm sorry. I repent, right? But Jesus is the true and the only source of sustaining peace. And he's available to all of you. His hands extended towards you. He loves you. And so don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. This week, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. And let's stay on our mat of peace and that we're, therefore we can receive the promise of peace, the promise of Jesus. So let's pray. Father, I just thank you so much, God. You are so good. I thank you, Jesus, that in you is perfect peace, and where you are, peace is present. And so thank you that you've made yourself available by your Holy Spirit. And I pray, God, that... Um, for this church family, Lord, would they, as they go from here, God, I would just impart to them just great peace. Thank you that, Lord, as we go from here, that their decisions, responsibility would be taken to stand and to stay fixed to that mat of peace, Lord. And thank you, God, that, that you love us so much. You're, you're always uh, taking us, the Bible says, to, from glory to glory. And so would we um, step into a new measure of um, God just pursuing you and uh and loving you and and god in return you you give so freely we can receive peace and so god just i just pray peace into into circumstances and and lord we just bless you we thank you god we just pray for families as they go into this week and uh we just bless them lord thank you that there's peace lord god this week and and jesus thank you you make yourself available we love you we honor you and I just pray these things in your mighty name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Enjoy your long weekend. Have fun. Shalom. Oh, that's good. It's a powerful word. If you've got kids in kids' ministry, go ahead and uh, grab them, pick them up, and be blessed until we meet again.